Hey folks, episode number 35. Hi Kev. The episodes are just flying by. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Flying by 35. I tried to look up um, some famous athletes who are number 35. Are we doing athlete numbers every week? Who was 35? Uh, I found two. Um, former Los Angeles Clippers center Chris Kamen. Oh. And former Yankees and Baltimore Orioles starting pitcher Mike Messina. Uh, that's how you waste airtime, ladies and yeah. gentlemen. Episode 35. Yeah, the Mike Messina episode. Reliable. Solid. Maybe underappreciated a little bit. <laughs> episode 35 featuring our good pal, the Apache Chief. Like underrated, like favorite Yankees. Like he's uh, a lot of people don't talk about Messina. And talk about like classic Yankees from the good times era. But I like Messina a lot. I like yeah, his curveball. You were always a big fan of Messina, all the time. Always, I was pretty hyped. I feel like they could have won more when he was there. They should have won. More no, no, they were terrible. Were they terrible? They weren't. I mean, terrible. they weren't like terrible. They were like Yankee terrible. Where they would have like a pretty decent. <laughs> yeah. They would have a pretty decent season. They would get a lot of wins, but the whole time you'd be like. Eh, this doesn't this doesn't pass the smell <laughs> test. Something's off here. In the and era they would get beat by dumb teams in the playoffs. In our era of being like spoiled Yankee fans, where we expected more, we uh, they probably should have won more titles. I'm just saying. I liked watching Messina because Messina had that dope knuckle curveball, which is one of my all time favorite things about baseball. Was watching uh, Mike Messina's 12 six knuckle curveball, which was I disgusting. like how I like how you spend all day bothering me writing this show, being like, I get this idea. Maybe we should bring up. We should talk about this. Do this. The second we hit play, it's like Mike Mussina out of nowhere. I didn't. We're just gonna it. run through Mussina. I like Mussina. We're talking about thirty-five. I also like Mussina, the guy who was uh, Kenny Loggins' partner. Loggins and Mussina, remember them? No. Oh, never mind. <laughs> never mind then. Uh, so we are have... you even recording these shows? Or is this just you? <laughs> just for me? Just for me. Uh, but for everyone else, we do have a special guest this week. Our good friend. Uh, Rapping sensation, hip-hop legend, Apache Chief was here. Yeah. Yeah, Apache Chief's a good dude. It's, you know, we've known we've known him for so long, since we were, like, really young kids, and it's crazy to see him, albeit not in a way I ever expected to no. see, but to see him no. still out there continuing to, like, make music and do the thing and get after it, and I can't, I can't help but be nothing but proud for the kid for doing uh, his thing. He's a good dude. I've known him for so long, and, we, and I've known him in so many different phases of, like, our lives. Like, we've run into each other... Like, it's crazy how when you get older, there's people that you've known <laughs> yeah. for like different eras. <laughs> you know a, what I mean? He's a really, really uber talented guy, and he has a great perspective on music. And uh, we're excited to have him. Uh, what do we want to start off with? Uh, today is Monday. I don't know what it's today. Twenty second, oh. February twenty second, February twenty second, Monday. We both had the day off on a Monday. I always have Mondays off. Yeah, but I took a, a PTO day, which means uh, I got paid to have. What Monday is a PTO? Off. So you just got paid to like stay paid home. Paid time and hang off. Out? Yeah, yeah. I took a miscellaneous vacation day because uh, yesterday was a wrestling pay per view. Because you can't call it mentally checked out day off. Yeah, I certainly can't take a mental wellness day. So otherwise, I'm like, oh, I had some stuff to do. Took paid time off. Uh, so yeah, we had a day off on a Monday, which is something I'm not used to. So we ran around and did errands during the day at businesses that are open when I'm normally at work. <laughs> like, yeah, man, that's how it goes. Mondays <laughs> off are pretty good. I gotta good tell to you, have welcome, off. welcome. Went to the Salvation Army and had one of the worst Salvation Army runs of our whole life. Found it was, nothing. It was a bar. Well, we only we went specifically looking for like one thing, but still, there was nothing there. It was very picked over. Bad day for Salvation Army. Very picked Army. over, as 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 it often is. Yeah. We did go to Walmart too, but Walmart's open at all times. That doesn't really count. Walmart. Did is you open. notice that there was an overabundance of people there today? A lot of people like in Walmart. A lot today. of old folks just clogging up the aisles, carts everywhere, not being aware of their surroundings. <laughs> it was like the Hunger Games out there for just like old people at Walmart. Walmart makes me uncomfortable anyway when I'm in there because I feel like I know how to get, I know where the things I need are and how to get them very quickly. But it seems like the biggest problem with Walmart is trying to get from. Where the thing is you know you need back out to your car in quick fashion because there's almost no way to make it easy and efficient. We got out pretty well today. 
But generally, there's always a crazy line, no matter which line you get in. There's always some chicanery going on that like lengthens it. I feel like you're you're spending a lot of thought at Walmart. <laughs> you got a lot of issues getting through this. Place. I have issues at Walmart. I really do have issues at Walmart. Um, and before we get into the show proper, I want to talk about uh, about Harper Lee. We're big book people here. We love literature. Our house is full of many leather-bound editions of books and paper. Very few leather-bound <laughs> editions. Many books. Very few leather-bound. We have some leather-bound. Do we? Where? In the front. What do you keep? You probably keep those in your room. <laughs> so do. when girls come over to visit you, you can be like, look at all my leather-bound books. Oh, I know. I know. It's crazy. I would love to have an entire shelf of leather-bound books. That's not the point, though. Harper Lee passed away earlier this week. Harper Lee... Uh, known for two books, and that's pretty much it. 1960s. And really, only one book. Only one book. Nobody 1960s, read Ghost of Watchmen. Uh, not yet. I'm currently reading it. Uh, 1960s to Kill a Mockingbird, and 2015's Ghost of Watchmen, the very controversial first draft, I guess, is what they finally decided to call it of Kill a Mockingbird. You loved Kill a Mockingbird, yes? Yeah, yeah had this quite a bit. That's one of my favorite books ever. I read it. I reread it and reread it all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have a? Uh, is it weird that she is like famous, Harper Lee, for having just the two books no. and one? Really, I guess I don't think so. I mean, it's it was a different time. It's just you write a book. It's you know what I mean. She decided she didn't want to be a famous. Maybe she only had one great story in her. Who knows? That's true. I know a lot of authors who do have one great story in them and then continue to write stories afterwards. I'm not going to name any. Yeah, names. plenty. Most of them. <laughs> Almost <laughs> all of them. I mean, when you think about it. Or who knows? Maybe we're about to see wave after wave of unpublished things that they find in like her desk, and her grubby ass kids want to make mockingbird dollars and start publishing them left well, and right. That's the that's the hot take with the to go set a watchman, right? Is she didn't want to publish a book for all this time since nineteen sixty? Allegedly, allegedly. It's a, there's so much alleged, like so much guesswork. You can make up whatever narrative you want and have an opinion, but who knows what goes on with these people? Uh, and the general knock with this new book from 2015, Go Set a Watchman, is that it's not very good, right? That's the most common thing I've heard about the entire thing, is it's not good. I'm about three chapters in. I don't have a hot take on it. It doesn't seem very good so far, but it's hard to pick up. I don't know. I, I, my only reason I wanted to bring this up is I saw a lot of people having hot takes about Harper Lee on the internet, both good and bad. I people saw- have hot takes about everything on the internet. I, Anything you can imagine, the internet's got a hot take. I for. saw burned up. Oh, people were burning for Harper Lee. I saw tons of like, you know, obvious. To Kill a Mockingbird is the greatest American, you know, sure. fiction articles, which are obvious. Then I saw a lot of people who were freaking out, like, why are we making a big deal out of this person who wrote like one book? Like, why are we making such a huge thing out of this? It was a very strange. I didn't. It didn't see the universal support I expected for Harper Lee out in the internet. Yeah, well, saying. that's because it's the internet. These people are ridiculous. I try as hard as like I can't even. Can't even tune into all these folks all the time. Somebody will always be mad about something, and somebody will be out there just to be contrary for the sake of being contrary. Well, speaking of which, Aaron Higgins is not here. So we have our contrarian friend, Mr. Parkinson, here to fill in this week. Uh, why don't we get to that? I think it's time. Let's get to the show. Prom- Bring him in. Hey Justin, what's going on? How you doing, big guy? Fine. Sound a little more excited to be here, will you? <laughs> it's probably hard for him to get real excited. You're like, hey man, how you doing? Like he wasn't sitting there. <laughs> yeah, I know. I haven't been down here for ten minutes. <laughs> you were not last week. We missed your. Uh, we missed I don't your... even remember. We the, I, I who don't. is we? Yeah. Oh well, <laughs> I, I missed you last week. I don't week. remember any. Of, I I didn't know if I was on last week. I actually had to think about it upstairs. It's like, did I even do it last week? I don't remember now. Honest to God. Well, I can tell. Um, so, we have any hot takes about Harper Lee before we move on? We were just talking about To Kill a Mockingbird. Did you read that one? No, my hot take is I don't read books. So. Yeah, I thought so. I've seen the movie, Fantastic <laughs> Flick. Uh, I'm sure the book... The movie is quite good. It's true to the movie, so... <laughs> Great. Uh, this, you're like a looking glass into the world, Parkinson. Um, so, I was up this morning, uh, early on my Monday off, and I did my taxes today. I feel real happy about doing my taxes I'm getting a big refund this year, much larger than last year. I'm not going to spoil it for you folks. It was a good one. I'm not going to give out numbers. But uh, I was saying this earlier to Kevin. I don't understand when people get freaked out for tax season because tax season is like my favorite time of the year. I like free money. 
Now, granted, it's probably money that I'm owed. A lot of people don't get free money, though. I guess like not. that's the, the, the here's the here's the the thing that's gonna happen to you. One day, this is gonna happen. You're gonna do your taxes one year, and you're gonna find out that you owe money. Uh, and yes. then you will understand what the people are upset about when, like, when you owe them that same thing you're getting in refunds. So now you got to come up with, hey, I got to have this money because I owe it to the IRS. It's not free money for yeah. everybody's season. The cl- the trick is to always claim zero. Let them take the most out of you. Whatever I think it's zero. Yeah, it's zero. Right. Yeah. yeah. Let them take the most out of you during the year because you get the most back. Well, not in the service business, obviously. That's probably where Kevin's talking from. Is that uh, you know when you're going on tips and things like that, it's different tax bases. But if you're working on a seller like you. Take it all during the year. All of it. Well, you can have it. It's something we've talked about before. It's always easier to spend money you never see. Like, if they take it out of your, I mean, your paycheck as opposed to you having to pay money in a lump sum, it's always nicer, at least to me. I'd rather not see it. You know, uh, marginal tax advice from those of us who are just trying to poke through it aside. Don't you think we all should have left high school with the knowledge how to like do our taxes, know more about taxes than what we know? I do. I've, you, done, you, I've done multiple people's taxes this, before that. Yeah, but I got you. But it's not all about you. I'm saying like every single person who graduates high school should know how to do taxes pretty solidly. Like that seems yeah. like basic yeah. information you're gonna have You'll to give. You'll kill an people. economic base. What's the H and R block gonna do if you can't? I was gonna say I would. I would not know. That's some guy's job. I would not know how to do my taxes if I wasn't doing it on, like, the H&R Block website. Yeah, like I used thing, to. Right? So you about basically about. want a cookie for filling in boxes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I got a nice cookie for it. There you go. I got yeah, a nice fat cookie for it. Using TurboTax, my, my tax base has been a little bit different over the years because I've freelanced and worked, like, regular jobs at the same time. But this year I'm just freelancing for half the year. And then also we have Made in Utica DBA stuff on there. Mm-hmm. So... You're doing taxes as a freelancer who hasn't been taxed, then doing your taxes of the money you've already been taxed, and then doing a separate tax return for a business that you have to pay taxes on for the first time ever is pretty. Yeah, see, uh, that sounds like a nightmare. Shitty, so. That sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm waiting to see how much. I have personal taxes coming back, but business stuff will go out, so I'm not. Totally positive, yeah, how my tax season's going. So. Man, listen to how exciting and old we're getting. <laughs> Welcome well, to our cutting-edge radio show. Yeah. We'll talk about doing our taxes. Yeah. If you want me to get uh, irresponsible on you guys, I can, because I did spend most of the morning trying to determine what I was going to spend my tax refund on, a new laptop or a next-generation video gaming console or some way that I can get both. I think right. you can get both. From <laughs> I the can. Get I both. think you you can definitely get both. I gotta say, um, as as you know, thirty five weeks in a row recording this episode on this rickety Korean sled of a laptop <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. keeps flashing warning messages saying that everything could all come crashing <laughs> to a halt at any moment. I any think like a laptop might be the move. No, a laptop is certainly coming. A new laptop is is on the horizon, and it's been desperately needed. You know, this laptop. Uh, it's in bad shape, and it's my fault. You've had it for a really long time, though, I feel like. You got this a long, long time ago. Yeah, before college. Before I went mm-hmm. to college in New York. Uh, done a lot of good stuff on it. I wrote at least four albums of music that no one will ever hear mm-hmm. of my solo project. A little bit of working on your novel. A little bit of working on my novel. <laughs> Transitioning over some characters. Uh, anyhow, no, uh, my novel as well. Uh, about 60 episodes of Famo and the Wookiee and 35-plus episodes of uh, Uticast on here. Uh, a lot of good stuff on this computer. I've seen, it's a whole lifetime in front of me, man. My entire. Do you wanna? You really wanna go down this road of what kind of stuff you got in your laptop for all of our public listeners? <laughs> <laughs> there's a certain, you know, there's a certain dark corner road with no pavement <laughs> that you certainly don't want to turn off onto. <laughs> Let's leave it that way. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it, that's my privacy, man. I want my stuff private. I want things kept private. I don't think people should be able to access all my personal stuff. It's called a personal Kevin. computer. It's a personal computer. Kid, a, kid puts out a show every week about him talking about his personal life. <laughs> <laughs> to listen to I value my privacy. Please look at me. Yeah, please, please. Well, no, this is different. This is just me expelling my neuroses out into the world so you guys can help me and assist making my, my life better. I know all the deals where you can get an Xbox and a new laptop for about 800 bucks if you want me to do the shopping for you. <laughs> well, listen. We'll see how that goes. Uh, we're going to be giving away uh, some tickets to the iHeart Utica Day event here at NBCC. Who gave you guys tickets for that? I got a guy. What do you mean you guys? We're no, all the guys. I'm taking the tickets back. and you're no. <laughs> Well, I was saying, uh, we're going to be giving away some tickets, so if you want to shout out some good ideas for how I can spend my tax return, 
I'll send. We'll send out some tickets. To is the that the contest you want to do? That? You like that one? That's pretty good. Whoever right? whoever gives us the best idea for what you can do with your tax return money wins what two tickets? Two tickets. Two tickets to iHeart Utica Day at MVCC on March third. Yeah, it's going to be really exciting. We got the panel. It's going to be great. This Parkinson. thing is going to be yeah. this iHeart Utica Day sort of outgrew anything we thought it was going to be. This is going to be kind of a big, big shindig up here at MV. It I'm very excited. When you get the the power backing of an MVCC too. Um, you know, with a college crowd, and and um, they approached us, which was really neat. So we didn't have to do do a lot of the stuff. So I mean, they're making it super easy. So yeah. if, if it's all to them and and Katie doing a bunch of the stuff, but yeah, I'm just kind of riding along. And I've realized it's two weeks away. Did you know that? Yes, yeah. I do yeah. know about it because yeah. I've been trying to come up with like uh, scripting for yeah. the panel. It's yeah. gonna be interesting. Um, so let's move on to our, our main story, I guess, of today's show: uh, the Apple San Bernardino Apple versus the FBI. Oh, is that story. our main story? I guess we could Do call it. Do we have it. main stories now? I guess this is the main story segment before it all goes off the rails after the interview, right? Are you sure it, you want to run back some like late career era Mike Mussina stuff for the people? <laughs> I could. I had stats written down. 280 wins, man. He was so close to 300. He's guaranteed Hall of Fame. All right. Yeah, all right. All right. Let's Apple. Apple, let's move on. Do uh, you want to take the reins on this one, Kev? You seem to know a little more of the backstory on this uh, this Apple here, right? Um. Yeah, I mean, I know some stuff, I guess. So basically what's going on is um, when there was that terrorist attack in San Bernardino, California, X amount of months ago, yeah. uh, those the terrorists, the attackers, whatever, they left a cell phone behind. They found one of their personal cell phones. Uh, the cops can't get into it. It's an iPhone because they don't know their passcode. That seems dumb. You'd think there would be a way around it, but that's the way the security works. You know, If you don't have the passcode, you can't get in. And so they're trying to... Long story short, the FBI is trying to go to Apple and be like, look, you need to make us a way, they're calling it, like basically get a backdoor into the system so that we can surpass this passcode and get into these people's thing. And it's been kind of a hot-button issue because a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, just let them in. These people are terrorists. We should give the government whatever they need. Those people are wrong. And um, there's a lot of the other people, the people from Apple, who are like, you know, we're not going to do this. We're not going to put a backdoor into our system because then that sets a precedent going forward and we don't know where the line is going to be drawn we're not comfortable giving the government that kind of access into private consumers data and lives and everything like that so they're going back and forth apple is staunchly standing by saying they'll set a bad precedent fbi is like ah come on guys just this once what's too bad is that the government has such an upstanding um policy when it comes to your privacy on the internet that i just am really sad that <laughs> i don't i don't see anything this sketchy whole, about this at this all this whole thing just kind of seem like a big tongue-in-cheek everybody's holding hands behind closed doors like okay we're gonna make a big stink on the news about how you guys totally can't look at cell phones when we know you can and yeah. I, I don't know I think it's a. It seems cool that Apple's standing up yeah. for themselves in the face sure. of the federal well, government. Here's the thing. Like, and I know you don't like to give Apple credit. You're not a huge Apple yeah. guy, guy. I don't. I mean, <laughs> I, don't, I don't use Apple products really. Yeah. I just, you know, I don't have any. I've had an iPhone before. Um, you know, I've used Apple products certainly before. I don't have any myself, but it, they are. You know, the majority of the people, yeah. fifty plus. And percent I think do. it just happens mm. to be that this guy had uh, iPhone. If he had an Android phone, mm. Google would probably be going through, through the same things or Samsung, whoever. You know what I mean? So. There was, there was an independent poll they did on Gawker, and they said they, they did a random sampling. And it wasn't a huge amount of people, I guess. Like, I thought it was a, I thought the poll sampling was larger, but it was still pretty big. Uh, the general is, like, 51% of the people polled said Apple should work with the FBI. 30, uh, 38% said they should not cooperate. 11% didn't know. That's very vague because I, I think there's a difference between working with the FBI. And the idea is that the FBI wants them to create, like, a master key so that they can access any iPhone yeah, not they need this to, if need be. Yeah, you know? yeah. It should be on a case-by-case basis, it's, and they should have to get a warrant of sorts on right. what you do with a court. Like, like You why? should have a court paperwork coming to you saying... Well, but, but if you want to fight it, that's then not. You but that's that's not that's not really how it works in this situation because it's not like there's something they can subpoena them for. What the FBI is basically saying is you need to build. So what they're going to do to unlock the passcode yeah. on this phone is they're basically they're going to get a thing, they're going to make a program that tries every single combination of numbers until it's right. So it's got to go through you know just tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of numbers. 
basically what the FBI is saying is build us a backdoor around that so that the passcode can't stop us anymore. It's not that Apple is sitting on something. Yeah, yeah. It's Apple would have to, in their mind, compromise their own software to make this. Yeah. And once you do that once, it's there. And that's just it. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's not like they're just subpoenaing for something that Apple is holding out. They're asking Apple to yeah. build them. Well, all I'm saying entrance. is that what you normally do in these things is you request phone records, and you, there's a legal process to this. You know what I mean? People kill people all the time and then make phone calls before, during, and after. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, there's there's a way um, around... If it's amount of the information actually on the device... Well, that's the thing. I find, like, that's a little bit... That's what they're that's talking... They want to access because like, they don't know what's on the device. Yeah. For as much as I mean, yeah, you know, we don't want terrorism, they should stop terrorism from happening as they generally tend to do most of the time. Um, I can't agree with just letting the government run rickshaw over people's oh, property course. in this yeah, situation. Right. I think that those 51% people are wrong. Yeah, they're absolutely really, wrong. They're I most think, definitely wrong. And I think, too, what's interesting about this is it's a little bit of an uncharted territory situation we have going on right here. Like, this is not something that we were prepared to have discussions about 20 years ago, about what's... You know what I mean? 10 years ago, really. <laughs> yeah, really. Like, yeah, 10 I mean, years ago. This is all very, like, fluid legal circumstance that we're in here in terms which of, is all the more reason to be vigilant and not yeah. let anybody sneak some stuff by that'll come yeah. back to be a real problem mm-hmm. later and as much as i don't really support like big corporate you know com- like conglomerations whatever you want to call it i'm kind of i kind of see apple's point here and i'm kind of glad that there is a major conglom- I'm not saying that yeah. they're you know some shining light for companies or anything <laughs> but because i certainly not. they're certainly yeah. not but yeah. um but i'm glad that a company like this is making this point so people are having this conversation. Well, that's that's right? the thing, that's, too, is yeah. that thankfully it's a big one like an Apple or a Google or something like that is because on a smaller scale, there's probably this type of government bullying going around to obtain information. Oh, 100%. Oh, 100%, 100% you know, so it's easy for us to say, good for Apple, but realistically, you know what they can do? Say no, have the government sue them or do whatever and go through this whole court thing because guess who has more money than the actual government, Apple? And what are they going to do? <laughs> Find me or put one of our... Well, I feel like chief guys in jail for a month, like no. surgery. What can you? You can't do anything. Yes, they can. Point. They one hundred percent can. You know what? You know what they can do. I'd see shaking your head, but if you if you think about all the different things they can do, what they can do is the government can start can start paying a lot more attention to what Apple does with all their money and all that stuff. They move offshores. The government can make their life a living mm-hmm. hell if they want yeah. to, but then Apple can publicize it back and forth. So there's definitely moves that both sides can make. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But it's nice to see them standing up for what they seem to believe in. You hope. Mm. Uh, you know, I hope this doesn't delay the new iPhone 7 Plus oh. that I'm waiting for a year and a half from now, guys, because... Good, keep it. You know what we've you know, done so far today, too, is taxes, freaking Apple, and the government. This is, like, the worst. This stuff, it's tough. Don't worry. We, uh, we backloaded the second segment with some real, uh, with some so real easy, some really easy, palatable stuff for you folks. Yeah, boy, this is a heck of a lead-in for Apache Chief. We're like, yeah. hey, dude, just got signed on this record deal. You want to come on and talk with some old friends about your success? Taxes. Tax. Apple in the FBI. You're leading the taxes. Good luck. Help. <laughs> taxes, man. Oh, I was positive about taxes. At least me, personally. I felt good about taxes today. Buy a I new can't wait. iPhone with your taxes. Do something terrible. Leave it behind and join the good fight. So don't do anything. <laughs> seems like a bad <laughs> idea. Uh, on that note, let's maybe move, you shouldn't uh, say join the good fight <laughs> in that sentence. Uh, that set of sentences, right? Anonymous there. Justin Parkinson over here. Well, guess who's getting uh, their cell phone backdoor in this kid? <laughs> I know. Right? He's got to be on first. Uh, so See that beard. Before we get to the interview with the Apache Chief, the one and only Utica's finest. Upstate legend Apache Chief. I have to warn you, um, much like whenever we have a stand-up comedian on the show, um, Mr. Chief is very loose and flowing with his vulgarity. So if you are listening to this in your office setting or somewhere where there are children, <laughs> be aware that this is a moderately not safe for work portion of the show where Mr. Chief is going to throw some life lessons down for all the people out there. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. As Speaking as somebody who, uh, I was in the studio when the interview was done, but I wasn't directly in the room listening... That sounds interesting. Life <laughs> lessons from the chief. <laughs> uh, no, but you know what? He's a he is a very entertaining, very intelligent guy. He knows a lot about music, and his uh, his journey is very fascinating. So let's uh, let's go to my interview with our very good friend, Lucas Finest, Apache Chief. Yeah, chief.
you check. need do you need check another beer before we check my friend <laughs> did you want one more beer before we start you still you're still pretty full i guess like, i'm pretty full yeah i've been chilling yeah i've, <laughs> I've been um so i was thinking about this before you came over and sure. we go back farther than I, I was thinking about how far we go back we actually go back Way longer than I imagined like, initially. Yeah, like 10 years probably. Because I was in, I don't know if you remember this, you weren't there as long as me. I was there about three years. I actually had to go to the mall in Utica, Sangerstown Square Mall a couple weeks ago, and I went into FYE. And I was there for three years. I don't know, you weren't there very long, but that was the first time yeah, that was, ever Yeah, because I met. got, because I, do you remember my crazy exit from FYE? <laughs> Vaguely. <laughs> I went nuts in FYE. Did you? No, yeah, yeah, they banned oh. me, and then I tried to go back there like a year later. Like I tried to go back like a year later to buy something, and they wouldn't let me buy it. Really? That's how crazy it was. Oh wow. Yeah, I left. Um, Cause I don't remember this. Yeah, I, I I was doing a trip to Canada with my friends. Oh nice. And so I was like, yo, when I got hired, I was like, I I I'm really chill with my schedule, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna need this weekend mm-hmm. off because I'm going to Canada. Sure. Oh sure, yeah, no problem. Just. Mm-hmm. Remind me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that shit never happened. And <laughs> yeah. I never got the time off. So that day, we were out, like, on the floor in front of, like, customers and shit. And she was like, my, I told my manager, I was like, yo, did you do the schedule yet? She's like, yeah. I'm like, you know, make sure that uh, I'm not working next mm-hmm. weekend because I'm going to be in Canada. Yes. Oh, yeah, I don't think that's going <laughs> to be able to happen. And I went, well, it is or else I'm not coming in. Right. So you're going to have to figure out covering my shift because that day... If you don't cover my shift, no one will be working because yeah. I'll be in Canada. And she was like, she said something like really, like really slick to yeah. me in front of customers. And then I just said, what the fuck did you say to me? <laughs> but like, like, like verbatim, I said, what the fuck did you say to me? And these customers looked at me and she went, my office now. And I said, oh, yeah. you know what? We better do this in front of the customers because if you take me into your office, that's going to be the biggest mistake you made all day. <laughs> it's not an office anyway. It's a back room. <laughs> yeah, it was like a back, back room. room. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, so I went back there and the second before she came shut the door, I went off. I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Like you're a grown ass woman and literally you've known for months that I wanted this time off and yeah. like, you're going to try to clown me in front of customers. Get the fuck out of here. And I was going off and off. And she was like, I was like, I quit. She's like, you're, you're fired. You're fired anyway. I was like, nah, fuck you. I quit. You can't, I already quit. Fuck you. So then I dip. And as I'm walking out, I'm just seeing red. I'm just seeing red. I'm so fucking pissed. I walk out and I just start throwing shit. And Dan, Boke, and, and Kelly were, were there because they were going I to... I heard that name in so Yeah, long. Dan, shout out my man Dan. <laughs> Dan and Kelly were there. Kelly his, was the name of Dan's girlfriend at the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. They were there to, like, not pick me up, you know, so to speak, but just they were like, oh, he gets off at five, we're going to yeah, meet yeah. up with him and then go out or whatever. So they were there, and I just come out, and I just start throwing shit, like... Michael Jackson box set was in like the jazz section. I just throw, Michael Jackson goes to the fucking box sets. I just throw it across the room. <laughs> like I'm just throwing CDs. Mastodon doesn't go in rap music. And I'm just throwing Mastodon CDs. I'm just freaking out. And like, oh, I can only imagine how good oh. this was for everybody else involved. Because I lost my fucking mind. I gotta tell I can't believe I don't remember this story. Like, I feel like I should have. I don't know. I, I certainly wasn't there for it. Because no, I would have. No, yeah, it. it was just like me, the manager. There was like another employee yeah. and like Dan and Kelly. And actually, I tell you what, I went in there a couple weeks ago. It's very strange in there now. It's you know, not like there's not that many record stores to go to anyway these no, days no, around right, here, right. which I've noticed. Like it seems like if you want to go buy records now, you go to like Best Buy, right? Around right. Here. especially in this area, there's really not like independent record stores. And I went to Fye looking for a pretty general album that I felt like they should have had, and it, I was like, you know what, I'm. Yeah, that sucks. That's how Best Buy's kind of become too. Best Buy sucks too now. Mm. So, um, like, I go to Reimagine Records. Oh, they're great, man. Well, you know what? I, I'm glad you said that. You, you're a vinyl guy. That means I would assume. Of course, yeah. Oh yeah. I've, I'm liking that this new movement. It seems like now is there's a lot more people buying vinyl. And you either have the vinyl or the MP3 now. It seems sure. like I, I don't know anyone who still has like a CD, right? Like, it's not in my mind. But I do. I do a lot of CDs too. A lot of times it cars, depends maybe. on the on the style of music too. Because I don't agree with the argument that everything sounds better on vinyl. Really? I agree with the argument that stuff that makes sense sure. tonally sounds better on vinyl. And, you know, some stuff doesn't sound better <laughs> on vinyl. Uh, and I definitely, you know, thank God for, like, the hipsters and, like, the, the bandwagoners. Because that's part of the reason why oh, yeah. the vinyl thing is, like, doing so well financially. Because mm. if it was only for people who actually gave a fuck kind of about it, then it wouldn't do as well. So we kind of need the bandwagoners and the people that they kind of... 
help the people who actually give a fuck about it, you know, indirectly. But, um, but yeah, no, like certain stuff. I mean, I love jazz. I'm a big jazz guy. So, I mean, I, I, I love jazz on vinyl, um, anything Motowny. I love on vinyl. Um, a lot of the stuff that, I don't know, your bony vares and volcano choirs and rural Alberta advantages and shit like that sound really good on vinyl. Mm. Um, I have a lot of, uh, I have a big No Limit Records collection on vinyl too. <laughs> like, not just like the normal, like I have like Master P make them say, uh, but then I also have like Mia X's and Soak the Shockers and like really dope shit on vinyl like that, which might not sound better on vinyl, right. but it just is cool to have, you know? I just got uh, an MF Doom album on vinyl, which I'm very hyped mm. about because I feel like it's going to be really exciting. I mean, we, we have to hook up our record player, so I'm waiting. I, since we moved in, I haven't hooked anything. Right, up. right, right. You know, I'm, I would I'm say MF we... Doom probably sounds good. I would like to get that, that Aqua Teen Hunger Force MF Doom album yes. on vinyl would be sick. Oh, the Danger Doom one, right? Danger Doom. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So I'm glad we're actually getting into a music conversation because... um, I'm a music nerd, baby. You're a music nerd, but you know people know you for for the stuff you're doing now, the Apache Chief stuff, and it's all great. We were listening to a bunch of it actually on the way over here. So thank you. I didn't know you had a track with A-Rab on it, doing the production on it. Yeah, I got a couple. Well, only one that we've released. Yeah. But I went to A-Rab's house in Providence, and we banged out uh, some records... Really cool dude. Shout out A-Rab music. Uh, hopefully we can do some more records. There's, there's. You're going to hear this other Apache Chief A-Rab music songs that will yeah, come to well, fruition sometime. Well, when I first, you know, I've known you for a long time. And even before you were doing Apache Chief stuff, you were a musician. You were in, you know, I remember when we were younger playing at Melodic Revolution and totally. bands when we were yeah, younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've always had a head for music. And even listening to the tracks I listened to today... You know, you have a hip-hop vibe, but you also branch out into a lot of different, like, genres. Like, like, you obviously, you know, you talk about the No Limit stuff. Like, what's your biggest inspirations now, and what was your inspiration when you first started getting into, like, the Apache Chief, like, headspace? Um, I've always liked rap music. Mm-hmm. I just like music. I've, I was the kid that was listening to, like, DMX, Britney Spears, Limp Bizkit, Boys <laughs> to Men, and, like, I don't know, the fucking Cure all at the same time. Good, man. But, um, so it's weird, because there's, like, different inspirational guides that I have, I guess. Yeah. So I have the people, I have the music that I listen to that makes me want to make music, but mm-hmm. not necessarily this, I don't make that style of music. Sure. And then there's people I hear that make me want to rap. So like, uh, Counting Crows, yeah. uh, like one of my biggest really? influences for wanting to make music, hmm. um, but not necessarily, obviously, music that sounds right. like Counting right, Crows. Of course. Um, Chet Baker always makes me want to make music. Mm. Um, Ryan Adams is who's my favorite oh, yeah. you know artist probably living or dead uh, always makes me want to you know make music but then like when it comes to rapping like whenever I hear Jay-Z rap I always want to rap like he makes me like want to rap mm. uh, Drake always makes me really want to rap too that's like a really fun conversation to have with hip hop heads so how butthurt it is that you know Drake fucking out raps all their favorite hip hoppers Drake is impressive because um, I think Drake's biggest thing now is that he won so many people over like my first impression of Drake early on was just like this guy from Degrassi, the yeah, hell yeah, with yeah, I don't care guy. about this. But then you start hearing some songs, and then the more and more songs you hear, you start you almost can't deny. You're like, these are bangers. Like all these songs are absolute fire. And it's like on mean? every level because he'll put yeah. out a record that's very good melodically. Yeah. But then the people who like really like like lyrics and like rap will just be like, oh yeah, but it's like just catchy. It's not really yeah. good. But then he'll drop a record where it's just like a straight boom bat beat that he just kills, yeah. and then it's like. Fuck, what do I say now? You know what I mean? Like and he's crazy prolific. Like I wouldn't be surprised if he dropped another album and a mixtape between the time we saw a View from the Six come out, right? Like it wouldn't, totally. it wouldn't throw me off because yeah. that's just what he seems to do. And he's a mogul now because he's got that Toronto Raptors connection, which I think Killing is it, very yeah. excellent. He's the global ambassador mm-hmm. for the Toronto Raptors. Um so you have your big homecoming show coming up, February twenty sixth, Stanley Theater, yes? Stanley Theater, Friday, mm-hmm. February twenty sixth. Uh, it's Kiss FM's I Love the Nineties Tour. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna be the young gun with some of these older legends like Salt and Pepper, Coolio, Tone yeah. Loke, Rob Bass, yours truly, the hometown hero, Patrick Chief, the Great White Hope. I'm glad you. I'm glad you're doing uh, the show here because it looks. I was even just going through some of the stuff we were looking at. You do tend to collaborate with a lot of local artists, and I saw you did some work with one of the guys from Green Reveal, I think, and then Sean Horan did film work for you and a couple things. Like, is it important for you to like to keep the upstate vibes with the music and to like rep? this area or is it just it's uh, really important for me to aesthetically mm-hmm. rep upstate um i have the clothing line to upstate international and we're going to be coming out with new you know upstate international shit real soon it's not mm-hmm. necessarily important to me to collaborate with upstate artists just mm-hmm. because another like 
thing I've always believed in is that you shouldn't get a pass just because of where you're from. Right. Because everybody's from somewhere. Sure. So like just because you're from here doesn't necessarily mean that you're good. It's like it's like one of my it's it's my love hate relationship with local supporting local. Yeah. Because like I think that it shouldn't be local supporting local. It should be local supporting local if it's good. Right. Local quality. Right. Like uh, sometimes there's certain things that locally I think aren't as good as other things that I've seen, you know, throughout the United States and internationally. Of course. And so it's a little tricky for me to be like, you know, part of me wants to support it, but the other part of me is like, I'm going to support the other person who's doing it better. Maybe the person from here should start to do it better. Well, right. It's like you support, you know, it's important to support, you know, since I've been back here, I've, you know, spent time in Brooklyn and being local down there is a kind of a different vibe. I've always felt like an outsider because I wasn't from there anyway. Sure, so sure. being, I always sort of felt like I'm sort of interloping on the community that's already there. Uh, since I've been back here, I do feel... Uh, I don't know what to, I don't know what you'd say. I, I do feel like it's important to support local business here, but not necessarily because I, you know, because I have to, but because things were so bad here for such a long time that anytime anything's going good for us, it's like, you know, no, totally. I need to get behind yeah. it, you know? Um, well, yeah, I, I wouldn't say that I would ever yeah. publicly denounce a local business. Certainly. But at the, but at the same time... I feel like sometimes there needs to be like a reality check sometimes on like, mm. hey, like this isn't that good. Right. Like we need to be real about what we're like Utica coffee is great. Oh yeah. So I, I would drink Utica coffee because it's oh, it it's local good. and it's also delicious. Exactly. You know what I mean? Right. Um, there's a lot of local restaurants, especially, you know, when it comes to restaurant. Yeah, yeah. You know, the food game here is pretty nuts. Oh, um, but like uh, one thing, you know, in my humble opinion, I had this conversation the other day yeah. and it pissed off so many people at this party uh there's there there is a lack of extraordinarily local musical talent oh yeah there is like like mm. stop talking to me and saying every single person here is like so gifted and yada 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 like no like compared to like you know actual local bread talent from a lot of the other major mm. metropolitan areas this area is lacking in 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 the arts oh, specifically yeah. and then which crazy is that like people will say to me, well, what about this person? Well, what about that person? And I'm like, that's just a person that everyone in this community knows. Yeah. Just because exactly. you're a person that everyone in this community knows, it doesn't mean that the quality of the product is matches, you know, the notoriety of the product. Yeah. Inherently know? the quality doesn't have to be there because they're already locally known. Right. Right. I understand what you mean. That's a fair point. That's so, really cool. So so I and again, this isn't uh, mm. uh a any sort of negative um thing it's more if anything a positive because it's it's me just being blatantly honest and saying like rather than like you living under like a blanket right and then getting to los angeles or getting to miami mm. or getting to new york or getting to chicago into some of these meetings and then they kind of look at you because they're looking at you like wait you really like thought this was good enough to like bring here yeah yeah exactly like right. i want to be the first one to tell you like hey man like you actually like have some like something here like why don't you craft it and hone it and make it even better so that maybe you can get to that you know upper honestly. echelon of you know well honestly even in this area in general even you know i was gone seven eight years then came back mm -hmm. even at the time i'm i've been gone i feel like there's considerably less venues for me for local for music musicians to play especially original especially musicians. original music especially right. original music yeah uh a lot of the venues just were are gone they weren't even replaced they're just gone right and you know the only way you can make money it seems like around here if you're in that kind of thing is to play cover music totally. and do the game and that sort of it makes it real disheartening for original musicians it definitely so yeah it definitely it definitely does you know, you know? and there's not there's not a few places around here but it's not it's not like even when it wasn't like electric company was here do you know what i mean but totally so i want to have trips and captain trips plant street and captain trips makes me so sad that it's not anything anymore it's just a lot like that's one of these days, I'm going to buy that lot. It's a bummer. And build I saw Seven Mary Three there with my Uncle Steve when I was younger. Yeah, good Charlotte when I was 15. How about oh. that? I'm, I was embarrassed about it for a while, oh, yeah. but, you know, it was, it was young. It's okay. Um, so I want to ask you a little bit about uh, Prospect Mo uh, Music Group. Uh, you just recently signed on with them. Congratulations. Thank uh, you. Thank did you. it feel like, um, certainly it feels like an accomplishment, but does it really feel like the beginning of something else as well? Like, what was it like for you to sign that? Yeah, it was cool, man. It was. Um... I had I had gone through a, a couple other. There was probably three or four other things on the table mm -hmm. that didn't really feel good. Um, 
they kind of felt like it would be me like signing something just to sign something or like you know just like maybe for some sense of validation like oh i did it i got the deal yeah, you know right. whatever the prospect thing uh was very organic and uh felt really good um it's the same label one of my good buddies jamie drastic um who had like a crazy hit a couple years ago with white boy wasted um he's on prospects um he kind of facilitated it you know he was kind of like yo the people here really like fuck with you and believe in you so you know maybe you should think about that so that that was kind of like what facilitated it and then we you know talked and talked and talked and talked and over the course of like a little while it you know kind of made sense so that yeah i feel good about it and it feels good knowing that somebody like doesn't really want you to change that was another issue with like uh some of the other opportunities out there it was like hey we really like what you're doing but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah instead yeah. of just being like yo we like really like what you're doing and keep doing it yeah yeah you know i like and instead yeah. of but exactly yeah. now yeah i think i overheard you saying this uh my girl's got a crazy butt though well I, congratulations <laughs> on that too uh so you're also working are you working a full-time job too as well are you also working outside of doing the music yeah well i mean not like that's something that's probably going to change now yeah I was about to say unfortunately, but not unfortunately. That's the <laughs> well, exactly. That's the but, dream. But yeah, 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 yeah. This whole time I've been um, like kind of doing the working thing and the music thing somehow without losing my fucking mind. You get like uh, two hours of sleep a night probably? <laughs> yeah, literally actually. No, but like that's true. Like literally yeah, not getting sleep. Like people uh. being like, man, you look tired. Yeah, bro. I've been tired for fucking three weeks. Like, yeah, I'm tired. <laughs> like I, I haven't slept in a long time. Like quality wise anyway. well listen man um i really appreciate you know you coming on and sharing your stories with us because i'm sure the listeners are going to be super psyched about this you got the show coming up february 26th this stanley um yeah, ticketmaster.com can... stanley yeah. box office go get them man where else uh people get you on twitter apache chief 315 um, yeah all the social media accounts are apache chief 315 nice. so it's a-p-a-c-h-e-c-h-i-e-f 315 instagram twitter soundcloud uh, Patchy three one five, which was up, you know, it's been up for a long time. We just dropped it because we're like, yeah, you know, new launch and everything. But then Patchy three one five dot com will be the site again to go to. Um, new singles called Soldiers, uh, which I guess debuted today on Kiss FM. Nice. I didn't know that, but I my boy Brandon C shout out my <laughs> DJ and my brother Brandon C texted me and said, Yo, they just played Soldiers on Kiss, which is dope. Um, shout out Kiss FM. Um, yeah, man. Listen, man, I really come on this ride upstate forever. <laughs> Listen, before we go, I actually I want to share a story with you. Let's and, do it. Um, I don't know if you're gonna remember this. This was a long time ago. Uh, me and I Kevin, will. me and Kevin, the other host of the show, we were in Domenico. It was a long time ago, and this was probably after we'd all kind of the bands had all broken up. I think you you'd been gone from your band, and me and Kevin were just finishing up. We we're getting coffee at Domenico's, and. We saw you walk in. We were in the upstairs table, and you stopped upstairs, and you came over and talked to us for a second. And we were like, "Hey, what's going on, man?" You're like, "Nothing, just hanging out." Whatever. And you're like, "Yeah, so I'm thinking about I'm gonna start working on this new like hip hop thing." And and we were just sort of like, "I had only known you as you know as doing right. the stuff we used to do." And I'm just like, "Wait, what? You're cool, man. That's awesome." Yeah. And like, and I didn't I didn't expect it. And then all of a sudden we're here today. And like, I got to tell you, I'm I'm so like. It sounds like I'm not that much older. Weirdly, like I'm proud of you, but like you did it, man. Like you, you went out and you found something you wanted to do, and you had the drive. And dude, look at you. It's good, man. Things are great. Thank you. Thanks, it's man. It's a real honor to have you on the show. Yo, brother. I appreciate it, brother. Me, brother. Thank you. No, man. Thanks. It means a lot. I mean, obviously, it means a lot. People who kind of know. I, I, there's already like, um, even the past like you know week since we announced it. It hasn't even been a week, but the past yeah. few days yeah. since we announced it, there's already been like a mixture of. Like, oh my god, you know, that's so sick. And then people would just be like, oh, who the fuck is that kid, you know? <laughs> They'll, like, have no idea, you know what I mean? So it's kind of dope, like, people who do have an idea of, like, <laughs> you know, this wasn't yeah. any sort of overnight thing. Nah, or, you, or, you've, you been, you've been hustled for a long time. Yeah. It's good to see success come, man. Upstate's finest, Apache Chief. We're back in the show in just a moment.
thank you once again to the man, Apache Chief, for giving us so much time. Uh, you know, we talked about it before the interview, and uh, I won't say it here either. You know, I know Apache Chief's real name. We go back far enough where, you know... I, are we not supposed to... I didn't... You Are we not supposed to know his name? I mean, no, I, know, no, like, no, no, no. I know, like, personally, I, off the show and stuff, we can't, but... Like, I does, asked him... Does he not tell people his name? He told me that he would prefer that we not use his name. His real name. Yeah, yeah. Because he told me that once when he what came... What a time to be alive. Well, I get that, though. He told me he went to... He was doing a show one time, and he asked him specifically not to use his real name, to use the stage name. Right. And... Um, they were like, oh, but no one's going to know what you... He's like, no, they'll know it's me. That's my stage name. And they put, like, blank, quote, Apache Chief blank. Like, they put his name and then that in the middle, and he, like, apparently... he well, Like, Joe him. Apache Chief Smith? Yeah, 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 basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Crazy. So, yeah, so shout out, to, uh, shout out to our man, the Chief. Thanks for all the time. Uh, so we have some announcements for the Oscars coming up this weekend. That is coming up real soon. Yeah, that's this, this Sunday. Is it this weekend? It's this Sunday, yeah. Oh. Yeah. The 88th or 89th annual, I don't even, I don't Whatever. know. Uh, so we're having the uh, the Twitter takeover for both Maiden Utica and the Uticast for the Oscars. So for all you Oscar folks, uh, one and only Aaron Higgins is actually taking over the Uticast Twitter feed all by herself for the Oscars to live uh, live tweet the whole show. and uh, Probably lots of red carpet t- stuff too. Knowing Higgins, there'll be plenty of red carpet as well. And then it'll fade out toward the end that she falls asleep. Yeah, no, no question. You're not catching the end of the show. She will be snoozing. So when you want the end of the show, you transfer over to the Maiden Utica Twitter handle. Which, which will be going on the whole time. Yeah, taken over by our good friend uh, Tom Knudsen, a.k.a. Knudsen. Yeah, Knudsen. Knudsen? Is that the Knudsen. Big TK. I just TK. call him TK. That's why you call him TK. This, the K, sometimes you think the K is silent, sometimes you don't. I had a kid, a kid in high school with the same last name. Silent Completely K. spelled differently, yeah. So he... Point of the point of the story, friend of yeah, ours is a filmmaker, TK, yeah. the guy, and resident a, film expert. We're all a little bit experts at something. No, TK. but he, he <laughs> no, knows he really, what he's talking he about. He really though. is. He's, he's a genius. Uh, yeah, he's uh he's very good. He's he's done uh, pools and picks with friends in the past. So um, shoots a lot of the stuff that we do. He does it for us. So uh, we felt he was uh, the prime pick for it. So. Uh, it'd be interesting to hear his take on, on some of this stuff. Him and Higgins will be going back and forth. Good buddies there, too. Yeah. So uh, we didn't watch a whole bunch. I, I got to be honest. I didn't watch a ton of the Oscar movies, but that doesn't mean we can't make some uh, some I rash did. predictions. So I'll pull up a couple options if you guys want to talk about some predictions here for the Oscars. Okay, fine. Uh, all right, let's start, with, uh, let's start with Best Actress. How's that? Okay. Do I get to hear the nominees? Yeah, because the nominees. Because I got news for you. Kate uh, Blanchett for the movie Carol. Brie Larson for the movie Room, Jennifer Lawrence for the movie Joy, Charlotte Rampling for the movie 45 Years, and Sureen Ronan for the movie Brooklyn. Thoughts? Yeah. Um, I what think, is a, what? I don't uh, understand. What? Room was actually very good. It's uh, based on uh, Brie Larson essentially kidnapped by a guy, kept in a, a shed, has a kid. Whoa. The kid yeah. escapes. Yeah, I heard about this so movie, Brie actually. Brie Larson in that movie is, is very good. Yeah, I heard about Who's Brie uh, Larson? Which one is that? Which she in? I couldn't tell you. Was she in um, Community? She's in something else. Oh, is yeah, she? I, I think, know. no, that's Alison Brie, no, I think. Alison Brie? Yeah. yeah. It's definitely not her. That's um, definitely Alison Brie. Yeah, and she would never be Believe that. that role. <laughs> anyways, um, but anyways, uh, the movie kind of tailed towards the... It was, it was interesting and deep and kind of... So Jennifer Lawrence is gonna win? Yeah. <laughs> See, yeah, I'm gonna take. Joy. I didn't think okay. Joy was that good either, though. So Maybe Room Kate Blanchett. Me, people love room, her. Room I, for me. That's yeah. and also that's gonna be a yeah, risky Carol. one because it's got the uh, lesbian undertones and Hollywood's yeah. all about that, especially with yeah. the absence of race. They will probably push it towards yeah. a same sex. Uh, movie to kind of just blur up. I don't even. I'm not even convinced that people actually vote on this stuff anymore. I don't even know if the Academy votes. I think they're just like, all right, we'll do this. I don't know if you guys knew this. I used to live in New York. Yes. So so I'm going with Sourcein Ronan. For Brooklyn, yeah. even though but, I did uh, not see it. Irish girl comes overseas. Uh, God, what's it like to be so Irish. for sale? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's go to, um, actually, let's go to best supporting actor because this is an interesting category. There's a lot of heavy hitters in this category. Christian Bale for The Big Short. Tom Hardy for The Revenant. Mark Ruffalo for Spotlight. Mark Rylance for Bridge of Spies. And Sylvester Stallone for Creed. Uh, I gotta tell you, I am I do not make a habit, and I'm not going to make a habit now, starting now, of ever going against Tom Hardy. I'm saying Tom Hardy and The Revenant. Does it help that that's the only movie I've seen out of that list? Yeah, for sure. But Tom Hardy. I'm, I'm gonna go with Tom Hardy number three. 
Three. Um, three. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Um, maybe Christian Bale too for the Big Short, but Big Short was like a movie of supporting actors. Like yeah, you could put yeah, anybody in there. I guess movie. Steve Carell's the yeah. lead, or sure. Ryan Go- Ryan Gosling could be in there. You feel like they might give it to Stallone because he. I mean, he's. I don't. Dude, Stallone think, is my pick. Man. Stallone's got to be circling the drain. It's got to be Mark. Not it's got to be Mark Ruffalo. I've no. Never seen that. Yeah, no. I, I heard Spotlight was awesome, but I'm telling Mark you, Mark Ruffalo was very good in it. The fact, dude, the fact that they can give Stallone. An Academy Award for a character he's already played yep. this many years later. Like, that, the Academy eats this shit up. I'm telling you, Stallone. Plus, I mean, you Stallone, know why like Stallone, I said, Stallone is And he was good in it. Hell. Did you watch the movie? No. He's so old. He's he was great in the drain. He stopped watering the plants. Like, he doesn't have much left. They'll probably yeah. give it to him. I like Stallone in this one. Tom Hardy. Uh, if Stallone gets it, it's a goddamn travesty. All right, so let's move on to uh, yeah, best. This kid's got this kid's got quite a mouth on him. Right, he's got the chief on the show, so he thinks it <laughs> takes off some of the heat. He's using up everybody's one it's a swear word show. A segment, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, best, best supporting actress uh, Jennifer Jason Lee for Hateful Eight, Rooney Mara, Rooney Mara for Carol, uh, Rachel McAdams for Spotlight, Kate Winslet for Steve Jobs the movie, and Alicia Vikander for The Danish Girl. She looks to be the favorite. Is she what Variety probably, says. I think she she'll win. I did uh, not see it. Jennifer Jason leads that redemption story like Michael Keaton last year where kind of out of the spotlight Tarantino has those like romanticizing making the nobody stars again I feel so like I could see a push for her but she wasn't very good nah. I just you know as as you do in relationships I feel like I have to support my girlfriend Rachel McAdams here Me too yeah. yeah. she feel just like... got a she went out, put out a good effort. That's fine. Again, I've never seen almost any of these movies. Did not see any she of these. Was, did she I even was, see any movies this year? I'm we saw confused. like two she movies. Was, she was, was very I've good. seen other movies. She was it. very good in Spotlight, but definitely, uh, it's probably going to the Danish Girl. Yeah. All right, so let's go on to uh, Best Actor again. Loaded with stars, all white stars, obviously. But we're, yes. we, they, they covered yes. that already with the Oscars. I know they, they the racist Oscars. Yes, I've yes. Heard everybody's racist anyway. Just don't worry about it. Well, it is, it is, it is, what the hell is are you guys <laughs> talking about? It is pretty white. Like, this is, like, the Oscars. This is the whitest no, I Oscars. I understand that. I, like, I and these are, point. these are five of the whitest guys yeah. I've ever well, seen. And you can't, I'm just saying. You like, I this, want you two to listen back to your last 90 <laughs> seconds and see if you hear what I heard. Because I think you I'm both I'm just saying. I did you you can't do anything. We'll see what happens on Twitter tomorrow morning. You can't do anything these days. No, look, this is the argument for why the Oscars are too white. This category, right? It's just like. The biggest category. Brian Cranston, Matt Damon, Leonardo DiCaprio, Michael Fassbender, Eddie Redmayne. That's about as white as you could possibly get. Like, that's that's ultra white. Couldn't get Idris Elba in there. That's your guy. Yeah. You love that been, movie. He should have been supporting. He wouldn't have been a lead, but no? he should have been supporting for that movie, yeah. And he, he definitely should have been in there. Well, uh, I saw two of these movies. We saw The Martian and we saw The Revenant. That's Damon and DiCaprio. So I can only really give a, a call to one of these two guys... I feel Who like else? This, what movies are these people in? We're well, just like Brian, and stuff. No. Brian Cranston was in Trumbo. Which is good. Uh, Michael Fassbender played Steve Jobs in Steve Jobs the movie. Gross. And then Eddie Redmayne was uh, the Danish girl. Oh. He, he wasn't he the was, Danish girl. He wa- Well, he was um, also uh, last year, Theory of Everything, he won for. So. Damon, Martian, That's true. wrap it up. Yeah. You think Damon? Do you think this is the Damon year? No, he's fine not. fine by not me. Not for the Martian. I feel no, like this probably is... no. I don't think any of those goons are gonna beat DiCaprio. DiCaprio's gotta. Be, this has gotta be it for him. Yeah, gotta be the one. Yeah. Uh, do we care about best director? I feel like that's a tough category to talk about. Like, we we haven't. I mean, we've been butchering through not having seen almost any of these movies I have. anyway. I've seen almost. You all have. Them. All right. Well, your best director, uh, Adam McKay for The Big Short, George Miller for Mad Max, which I did see and was awesome. Could be the dark uh, horse. Yeah, Alejandro Inarritu. Uh, three years ago, I'm so lost. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it did seem like it, doesn't it? Uh, Inarito again for The Revenant, uh, Lenny, Abra- Le- Lenny Abrahamson for Room, and Tom McCarthy for Spotlight. That's a tough category because none of those movies are actually any good. Uh, <laughs> wow. They're, um, wow. They're, but they're not. Like, The Revenant was... <laughs> Let's be realistic here. Like uh, Mad Max was a was it, fine like, movie, and I'm talking strictly from a directing, like best picture standpoint. So like the actors within the movie, as were, a director who's won a best picture award, before <laughs> you're I, speaking I from a best picture. Gotcha. I have. Okay. No, I mean from. Okay. Um, I would say because the way the Big Short was made with Adam McKay, who's done Anchorman, he's more of a comedy guy. Like it'd be cool to see him win because he kind of stepped out but kept it wacky and goofy, but like yeah. really intelligent with the way that he did it. Um, I don't want to see the dude win again for The Revenant. I just, you know, give it to... It's, it was good, but it wasn't... I just didn't like... I thought Leo acted the shit out of it. I, I just did not enjoy the film. 
Um, I don't think there's any way that the uh, Academy is going to give Adam McKay an Oscar. Yeah. It's going to be Spotlight, most likely, Spotlight. Because, of the, because of the material. But right. the, my Dark Horse would be Mad Max because of the way it was shot. Mad so. Max is a really, really like beautifully shot yeah. film for a movie about riding through the desert for two hours. Because Spot- that's pretty much the whole See, movie. This is the Academy Awards, though. Seek out controversy, uh, trends, change, political statements, and then pick all of those guys to win because that's what's going to happen. Spotlight wins because of child molestation. Uh, that type of problem. <laughs> like, it's, it's because there's something in here. Right? But no, that's that's ex- my point. As somebody who never heard those, they're going to push agendas and feel good type of things. And I think Spotlight's got the material to take. A yeah, best you're right. Now so. you're right. You're right. Well, let's get to best picture then, if you want to talk about that, since that's the uh, the big the big piece here. Uh, big short bridges spies. Brooklyn, Mad Max, Fury Road, The Martian, The Revenant, Room, and Spotlight. Which movie is going to win the Oscar for Best Picture? Best Kevin. Picture. I, I have no idea what they're going to do. So I'm going to go I'm, Spotlight. I'm lost this year for the Oscars. Yeah, I'm going to go Spotlight, Best Picture, and then Mad Max for Best Picture. I've director. never heard of Spotlight until we it. started talking today. I'd like to see Spotlight. That was you probably would. Yeah. I've literally would like never it. heard. Maybe I would, but I'm just saying it's funny because I've never heard of this yeah. movie. It's uh, investigative. From, I think it's the Boston Globe. It's all the investigative pieces they were doing. There's a, a group that called Spotlight that does all investigative newspaper yeah. working. Yeah. And they're the ones who uncovered the Catholic priest scandal, which at first they thought it was one or two priests and turned out to be like 100 most team yeah, and they could them, confirm yeah. all of them and they like blew the whole thing so the stories the huh. the backdrop to how they're digging up that info and meeting with these people and they keep finding like oh my god you know when uh, Michael Keaton's holding these secrets being like we want to go to press ball one he's like well I can get 79 and then 100 or whatever like so it keeps getting bigger so it's, it's sure. pretty suspenseful mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Movie, but Mark, if you watched it, Mark Ruffalo would be worthy of, his, of the best actor there. He was really, really good. Cool. Um, I only saw, again, I saw three of these movies this year. I saw Mad Max Fury Road, which I enjoyed, but is most certainly not going to win, it won't best, win picture. best Picture. It'll win Best Director, <laughs> I think. Uh, I think The Martian was a, was a fine movie, that a, a great adaptation of a very, very, very good book that I enjoyed a lot, but I don't think it was better than The Revenant. And I didn't see anything else. So I guess I have to say The Revenant, if I'm being totally honest, for Best Picture. But I don't like it. I, I see what's happening, and I don't like it. Yeah. So. Do you know, that, you know that quote you just said is a very underused quote? Not amongst all of our friends, but like to the general public from the movie Happy Gilmore. Somebody said to me the other day, Happy Gilmore came out 20 years ago. Isn't that crazy? Like, Happy Gilmore came out 20 years ago. Well, that ties into what we were going to talk about next. Are you going to say, then, that Happy Gilmore is your favorite movie to not win an Academy Award? Certainly not. <laughs> no? You're not so, Happy no. Gilmore? No. <laughs> well, that no. was that was your question. Yeah. Uh, so I thought about this a little bit, and I was looking up some, some ideas. My favorite movie is Jaws, and I thought that Jaws had won the Academy Award, but I was wrong. You live in a delusional fantasy world. There was no... What did it lose to? I have it pulled up here. So Jaws lost to actually one of my favorite movies to win the Academy Award. Uh, 1975, uh, it lost to One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Barry Lyndon's a solid yeah. one in there, too. Listen to this lineup, though. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Barry Lyndon, Dog Day Afternoon, Jaws, and Nashville. That's, that's like a That's a tight that's a who's who. five right there for 1975. Making like, this year's look soft. It's true, man. <laughs> soft. So, yeah. <laughs> so let me. So I actually, it got me thinking. So if you go to 1976, all right. So this is the year that Rocky won. Oh God, are we running them all back? From no, no, we're not going to run them back. But I, I was thinking about this. So Rocky wins in 1976 over Taxi Driver. Mistake. Right. So now in hindsight, that does that seem like a huge glaring mistake? There's a ton. Certainly of those. not. There's not even close. Yes, sir. Yes. Not even close. Oh. When's the last time you watched Taxi Driver? When's the last time that you have to remember the Academy Awards are for the general public? Taxi Driver scared the shit out of your 55-year-old housewife back in 1976. Rocky's a movie she could get behind. Rocky probably seemed a little bit violent to that general consumer back then, let alone Travis Bickle. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I'm not true. saying the best picture doesn't mean that it's actually the best movie there. It just right, means that's that it's why this topic's so good, though, is because this, this particular year, Taxi Driver was most definitely... I like Taxi Driver better, better, but I would never expect it to beat Rocky for the Oscar. Um, See, Jaws, I think, uh, I I love that movie a lot. I don't think it takes away that it didn't win the Oscar. Like, I'm not like, I don't think of it as any less of a film, right? Of course, I don't even, that's like, you're going to ask, what's your favorite movie that's ever won an Oscar and what's your favorite movie that hasn't? I don't even know. I barely know what wins, like, year to year, I feel like. So, well, here's one for you. So let me go to this one. This is one of my favorite years that uh, people talk about. This is 1994, right? 1994, the five movies were Forrest Gump, Four Weddings and a Funeral, Pulp Fiction, Quiz Show, and Shawshank Redemption. 
and Forrest Gump won. Yeah. What the hell is Quiz Show? Quiz Show is the movie about the game shows being rigged that uh, John Turturro was in. That's actually yeah. a solid, solid movie. Have you seen the most, uh, was it the most dangerous game or something? The one with uh, uh, your Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Yeah, yeah. There's a movie That's that might be one, one of my yeah. favorite movies yeah. to never learn. Yeah. That movie is awesome. A brilliant movie. Uh, no, uh, Quiz Show is the movie about the, the rigged game shows. I think if you go back now, people would say that Pulp Fiction probably should have won that, right? No, Shawshank's the greatest That's, movie ever made. Well, and number one. Of all wow, time. the greatest movie yes. ever made, you say? Yes. First off, that's not true because it's a Stephen King adaptation, and historically, you can't have a good Stephen King adaptation. It's the so best movie ever made. It already is disqualified. It's the best movie ever made. I see what you. I see what you're doing. Um, as far as, that, that's another case though, where like, you were given too much credit to our own tastes. Like, should Pulp Fiction have beat those Go movies? On Absolutely right not. For the Oscar, the no Tomatoes. way. Is it? Is it better? Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes. Um, Shawshank is the number one rated fan, like, highest rated movie of all time on IMDb. I'm not saying number anything one. about Shawshank. I was just trying to make a separate point. That's all. Number one. No, no, I look. The Pulp Fiction, well, I think I understand what you're trying to say. Pulp Fiction is appreciated now. People talk about Pulp Fiction as, like, a directorial movie, yeah. right? Like, they want, uh, this is an important movie for directors. But, like, at the time the way that American public was skewing, it was obvious that Forrest Gump was going to win because it was more palatable in 1994 than Pulp Fiction probably was, right? Which that, is weird because it's essentially the story of a guy with disability. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's... No, but it's a feel-good movie. Yeah. And people... It's just weird, though. Like, well, the, disabilities the win Oscars. Yeah. And Forrest Gump... Yeah. Forrest Gump is kind of a more depressing movie than you give it credit for as you get older and watch it. Like, Jenny kind of treats Forrest yeah. like trash for the whole movie. That's yeah. that's what I think about. Forrest Gump's a hard one to like to beat on a best picture. That was really well done, but Shawshank is a uh, is a very very good movie that uh, is universally recognized as, as one of the best. All right, I got one more for you. Nineteen ninety seven, Titanic as good as it gets. The Full Monty, Goodwill Hunting, L.A. Confidential. Should Titanic have beaten Goodwill Hunting? Yeah. Probably. <laughs> Same thing. Listen, I don't I hate like the full money. You ever seen that? Yeah, but that's, that's a great come movie. on, that's ridiculous. That's not, not nominated. That's, that's not gonna beat those. Nominated. <laughs> the full money is a terrible It's movie. a tough year if the full money's <laughs> getting right. odd. So. so let's uh let's move on to uh we have one uh, mailbag question sent in by our man Ryan is sweet on it's Twitter. Not really it's a mailbag over under and question. Well it's a mailbag over and under, and his over and under was Girl Scout cookies, overrated or underrated? This is that time of year where Girl Scout cookies start to come is in. It? I think it is that time okay. now where they're starting to come Why in. Why do you run these girls out door to door in February? I got no other days to do this thing. <laughs> I think this is like when they come. The I think you this ordered they... them a different time. Oh, yeah, I've already ordered them. Can't you like buy them in the store now? I don't know. Yeah, I don't... All right, I'm going to say that, uh, and I'll be the first guy to say it. Overrated. Oh, really? I was going to say underrated okay the cookies okay. the cookies themselves and the like the the act of buying Girl Scout cookies totally underrated going to work and having all those like fathers ask you if you'll buy their cookies like but no no that's funny though watching people scramble to sell their kids Girl Scout cookies <laughs> for them at work yeah. is one of my highlights of the year I'm like, oh. and then you fast forward 10 years later like Geez, you know, I can't figure out why my daughter's not motivated to try hard in school and do work for herself. I sold all her stuff for her when I was a kid. When I was a little kid, I mean, I don't know. You gotta make your kid go out and sell the stuff. Send them out, go door to door. You know what I mean? Push them out there. All right, so. Uh, no, Girl Scout cookies overrated, and I'd be happy to tell you why. Go ahead, please. Everybody raves about the Girl Scout cookies. They're all fine, they're good. They're not, like, so great that they put other cookies to shame. You get like 11 in a box. Boxes cost like nine bucks a piece. Half the cookies are trash anyway. They're hard to get. They're hard to come by. They're cumbersome to start. Not completely. How about this? How about this, Kev? If Girl Scout cookies were a movie, they'd win the Academy Award. They're the feel good story that everybody wants to get behind. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not at all. You support these kids. They're a juggernaut. You they're, they're Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> what's going on here? Girl Scouts are Titanic. Uh, no, no. Uh, so here's what uh, I think they're underrated because I like the idea that they're only around a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. uh, if I had a thousand Girl Scout cookies, I would eat all thousand of them. The small, I don't need a million Samoas. A thousand Girl Scout cookies would come in 780 boxes. <laughs> That's, true. That's very true. All right, so let's run very quickly through. There's only a couple brands. You tell me garbage or quality. Uh, tag along. That is the peanut butter one, right? Peanut butter with the cookie. Penultimate Push. Girl Scout cookie. Really? Yeah. 
The tag along. Yeah. That's a hot take. Not, not it's not really, I guess. Hot take. That's an educated opinion. That's number th- that that's number three for me, I feel like, the tag along. I'd see, I would tell you what I'd my like number three. three is, but you'd be very upset. Go ahead. Alright. So let's move along. Samoas. This is like everyone likes Samoas. Solid two. Yep. Solid yeah, number two. It's only number two. Uh, you know what? I feel like the Samoas get getting worse over time. I feel like they're slacking on the Samoas. It's the last with the couple. chocolate over the coconut, right? Like so it is that what yeah, it is? Yeah, the chocolate, the coconut. Chocolate, yeah, the chocolate, coconut. Yeah, 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 chocolate yeah, yeah. kinda saved it. Because I'm not a coconut fan, but I like Samoas. Oh, see, I like coconut. Small enough and then add the chocolate kind of. What about a oh, lemon? What about a lemon cream? I've Disgusting. never actually bottom of the barrel. You know what I would do? I would Who buy it. I would buy those just to smash on the ground when the girl gave them to me. It's like Nine, you get out of here. Jesus. <laughs> 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 All right. How about the scram? How about the dulce de leche? You ever heard of that one? I don't know what that is, store? but it sounds good. What it? It looks. Uh, I don't know. Pass, too dry. You said you looked at I like one how you picture at on a, the internet. I like how yeah, you looked at a picture on <laughs> Sam's iPhone over his shoulder. Like now that cookie's too dry for me. All right, so here we go. There's what no about cream in there? What about the dosi dough? What, what's that? This yes. looks like a peanut butter cookie with like uh, oatmeal type outside. Here. Number probably. I guess I could do that. number five. Number five, you got that. That's fair. Uh, taste, <laughs> taste, 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 taste. Round it off the top. It's peanut butter cookie. Uh, <laughs> trefoil, underrated classic, the shortbread cookie. That's a good cookie. Number four. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Tree four. Too dry. Too dry. Tree four. <laughs> Too dry. Uh, and then, of course, here's the one. Thin Mints. Kev, go ahead. Uh, uh, a really solid workhorse cookie. Number three on the list. No better. <laughs> no better than number three <laughs> on the list. It's number one. No better than... It's one... You... Couple of basic bitches, you two are. Let me yeah. tell you what the thin mints. No, stop. I'll take it for this one. Thin mints. I like old reliable. Every you know year can just come through. You know what? You know what I will say about both the thin mints and the trefoils, though. They're the only ones that don't come in those weird plastic trays. So those yeah. you do actually get a decent amount, a, like yeah. a, an amount of cookies mm-hmm. that you can like leave out and share with a bunch of people. Or you know eat in your face like a wood chipper, just <laughs> smash them into your mouth until you guys they're gone. Put your uh, Girl Scout cookies in the refrigerator, though. Yes, or do you leave them out. Uh, refrigerator. Just thin mints or everything. Just thin mints. Uh, I'll put a Samoa in the freezer occasionally, but it's I'll, not the same. I'll put anything in the fridge freezer. Uh, here's why. Here's why. <laughs> well, and keys are in there right now. <laughs> here's why I stand behind the thin mint because there's a similar product to a thin mint on the market. You can get it from Keebler. Mm-hmm. It's called the Grasshopper. Mm-hmm. And every time I get grasshoppers, thinking, "Oh, grasshoppers are just like thin mints," I'm always painfully disappointed. I'm like, "Oh." Yeah. I don't have much of a sweet tooth, and like I don't same. really buy cookies at the grocery store or anything same. like that. Like if somebody makes cookies, you know you have cookies, mm. but I don't really buy them. But Keebler does make those ones with just the chocolate covered like graham cracker cookies. Those oh, yeah. are really good. I like those. those. Are fire. Um, they should bring back magic middles. That's I, all I want for Christmas. I bring them back, like Keebler. When you're an adult, I feel like all the cookies you like is completely dependent on like what your grandma had at her house when you were a little kid, pretty much. Same with my like mom. I sit here as I think about all the cookies I like. They're yeah. all at my grandma's house. I obtained my. I like an oatmeal cookie. I obtained my Girl oh, Scout cookies now cookie. through my mom, who buys me the same ones on the assumption that like, oh, I always get you Thin Mints, so here they are. You know what I mean? So like, I think that's probably the reason why it's my number one. Yeah. I've just been. Uh, subconsciously forced it year after year. So, so you two think they're overrated? I think they're underrated. Me and Parkinson like thin mint, and you like what's your number one? The tag along. Tag along. Peanut butter. Can't uh. go wrong with peanut butter. All right, thanks. Just eat a scoop of peanut butter then. Thank you to the Apache Chief. <laughs> Thank you to Justin Parkinson. Kinda. Yeah, kinda. <laughs> thanks. No, to the feeling's mutual. Thanks. So. To, thanks to Kevin Sullivan. <laughs> thanks to me. Me. We're